And I'm here with Brandon Spivey, and we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. Brandon, tell them what we're doing today. Well, today uh, we're doing, uh, we're bringing out a new show, a new episode called The Horse Section. We're going to review uh, Hollow Man. Oh, yes. And the thing about Horror Section is, uh, this is, this is a show that we want to try to, Get, dive into some of the uh, classic stuff from the, you know, anything from the 2000s on, I say, backwards. Uh, and is that your idea or thinking of, uh, Brandon? Uh, um, yeah, unless something comes out that just jumps at us that's like old school. Yeah, I would say 2000s and down. Yeah. Early 2000s and down. All right. Well, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um do we have any movie news to jump into? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I came up with a couple things. All right, let's jump Maybe into a little bit. Jump right into it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, all right. I'll start off with this. Hashbro's Mask movie moves forward with a new writer. I'm not exactly familiar with Mask, but I know it's somehow connected to GI Joe. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I remember the toys. Or I think I remember a cartoon. I'm not sure, but yeah, I I really don't have a, a opinion on it. I I never really watched them or played. I don't re- remember even playing with them. Maybe I had them and I didn't realize I had them. You know. Yeah, that's probably the same with me. I probably had them and didn't realize it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's good for the the company. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but you know. We'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baby Driver 2 reportedly is greenlit by Sony. Your thoughts? All right. Um, I enjoyed the first Baby Driver movie. I thought it was fun. Um, you know, I thought that the, the I don't know the name of the actor. The guy that is from Fallen Our Stars. I believe he is also in uh, Maze Runner, maybe. He's in, he's in one of those little shows, uh, but movies. But yeah, I absolutely. Um, like Baby Driver, and uh, I don't know if it's gonna go. Like, I think what's name uh, Kevin Spacey. I don't think his character made it out of the first one, but um, he died. Yeah, so that's convenient. So you know, with everything that's happening with him, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea, though. Your thoughts? I'm all for it. I love the first one. Uh, I'm hoping they bring back John Berthel, uh, who was only in the beginning. Uh, but yeah, I, that movie was that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm all for it. I, I think his name's Anson. But I'm not sure. Uh, he, he was amazing in that movie playing that type of character. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I'm all for it. Um, up next, uh, Ben Stiller joins the fast saga question mark. Ah. <laughs> He's been to cameo. And I feel like if this is true, if it's true, I feel like this is them trying to top 
Hobbs and Shaw, except it's Ben Stiller. <laughs> Your thoughts, yeah. if it's true. Yeah, I heard someone say, uh, so I don't know if it was you or someone else, but uh, was um, Adam Sandler not available or something like that? I said yeah. it. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a bigger comedian, so I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that it's like, it's pretty much, you know, like Hobson Shaw with uh, Ryan Reynolds in that part that he's in it, you know, uh, and yeah. then also I think Kevin James, yeah, is also in it. Uh, I think that it just felt bigger. It felt better. It felt like they felt like uh, characters that I could see really being a part of this team of Hobbs and Shaw, you know, and I would love to see them all kind of play off one another, especially it'd be kind of cool to see Kevin James and Ryan Reynolds play, play off one another. That'd be kind of cool. But um, yeah, uh, with Ben Stiller, I'm not a big Ben Stiller guy. It is what it is, man. Um, uh, I like yeah, me yeah, I like him in movies where he's with other people, but like Ben Stiller alone is not enough to make me see a movie. Yeah, All right, I got three more. Uh, Antonio Banderas joins Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in the Uncharted movie. Now I know you're not the biggest gamer right now, but do you feel this is going to be a big, big deal? This movie, uh, these big names. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I hope so. I hope that it is. I'm not from, like you said, I'm not too familiar with the uh, with the source material, uh, but the names yeah. that they got involved with it seems like a really seems like they're trying to go big scale with it. So yeah. Okay, so Frankenstein may be the next Blumhouse Universal Monsters films. Um, what's your thoughts, man, on them? Doing Frankenstein. If uh, if uh, Lee well, uh, if Lee um, Wayne, we had to, I know I'm gonna have to get his name for it before we review this movie, but <laughs> Willie Wallens, I think I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'm I'm sounding like you, Brandon. I'm not pronouncing names right. I know. <clears throat> but <laughs> if uh, this Lee Lee Wanell, that's what it is. Uh, if he uh, if he's on board, if he's doing it. I'm all for it. Uh, you know, even if he's not, but I love that we ain't, I'm not going to get into it, but I love where they took the invisible man. And I just feel like if he's involved with the with Frankenstein, I'd love to see how they update it to make it modernized and not the retelling of the same old story that we've heard and seen several times before. Yeah. I think he'll definitely be involved. I mean, he just signed a two-year deal with them for movies and television. Uh, so, if not directing, I think he'll be producing. He's going to basically be the James Wan for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whether it's producing or directing, he's going to oversee it, uh, no doubt. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I won't get into details about Invisible Man, but uh, what they did, I, I loved it. And I'm really excited to see where they take the rest of the monsters uh, up last, uh, I know you're not familiar probably with the game, but The Last of Us is uh, getting a TV show for HBO. Okay. What, what What are your thoughts on them doing a TV series instead of a movie? Um. Well, a TV series. It's a zombie. Yeah, yeah. Game. Yeah, I'm familiar with the game. I've never played it, but I'm familiar with the game. Uh, but yeah, I think that it'd be kind of cool uh, to see them uh, do that. Do that, although. I'm kind of 
over zombies, you know, uh, I'm kind of over zombies. You know, I, I'm not caught up on uh, Walking Dead at all. Um, like, last time I left off with Walking Dead was, like, I think Negan and Rick's big standoff by the tree. That's where I left off. And I haven't seen anything past that yeah, point. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, I haven't either. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I think that would be kind of cool. It, it being a TV show, I think that allows it room to kind of breathe and be its own thing. Uh, but yeah, but maybe they don't feel like it would be good as a, a motion picture, though. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I mean, it just it seems a little odd that it would be TV, a TV show when there's not a lot of source material. But maybe they're gonna go and do their own thing. So who knows? Uh, but that, that's all I have for movie news. Okay. All right. Before we jump into uh, the horror section, I just want to uh, ask you: uh, Is there anything that you watched this week that uh, stood out to you? <laughs> other than Invisible uh, Man. Other than Invisible Man. Um, that was the only thing I saw. Is like theaters. Uh. I watched the Medea movies, two Medea oh, movies this past week. Oh my god! <laughs> um, you know, so yeah. <laughs> well, that stood out. Yeah, yeah, it stood out, it stood out like a sore thumb. It did, but um, yeah, uh, I watched. Uh, all right, so on Shutter, uh, I'm watching a movie called Street Trash that was done like in 1980 something. Uh, it so far I hadn't I, I I got sleepy yesterday so I, last night so I cut it off but it's interesting and the effects in it was pretty good but it's very it's, it's bad it's a bad movie but it's shot really well um and then uh, I just finished on Netflix uh, October fact faction uh that that show I I have a love hate relationship with that show it just it seems like it doesn't know what it wants to be. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. It sets itself up for another season. But also, do you really want to see another season of it? That's how, that's where I'm at on it. Mm. As, well, as far as TV goes, I'm still watching Parks and Rec. So where are you at on it? I'm on season five. Season five, uh, season five episode 13. All righty. How's it? How's it? Um, just to keep those uh, like me that I don't remember where you're at. Like what? What's happening? Uh, they're planning uh, Leslie's and Ben's wedding right now. Oh, they both just well, Ben kind of had a bachelor party, but really wasn't one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the bachelor party yeah. for. I think it was everyone's bachelor party, right? Is that what that one was? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, okay. Well, we'll we'll just we'll just go ahead and jump right on into the horror section. Uh, So come with us as we creep down the aisles of your favorite video store and grab a movie off the shelf. This movie we're grabbing off the shelf today is none other than uh, nineteen. Well, not nineteen two (laughs) thousands two thousands Hollow Man. Oh wow, Hollow Man, Hollow Man, Hollow Man. Uh, let me see if I can get the trailer queued up for us and uh, witness some of this magic that is Hollow Man. There goes nothing. 
Sebastian, are you in here? So, what's it like being a ghost? Ghosts are dead. I'm very much alive. The question is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't be safe? Trust your eyes. You rely on your senses. This is not funny. You think you're alone. Why did you have to go out in public? You have no idea what it's like. So uh, we're doing horror section today. Uh, in this episode, we're jumping into uh, what is it? Hollow Man. Hollow Man. <laughs> Hollow Man. Uh, the 2000s. Uh, I consider it, Brandon, a cult classic. I guess not yeah. so much Rotten Tomatoes. I guess they don't consider it nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they don't consider this a classic at all. They consider this probably one of the worst movies of 2000. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I would tell you, um, as I'm looking at it, IMDb gives it 5.8. Um, and a quick synopsis. When the leader of a team of scientists volunteers to be the test subject for their experiment in, a human, invisibil- in human invisibility, he slowly unravels and turns against them with horrific consequences. I like this synopsis better that's on IMDb than what was on Google. So it sounds a little bit more like what it is. Yeah. But as I can tell you as I'm looking at it, Metacritic gives it 24. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um and Brandon, you do you still have the do you still have this other scores in front of you? Well, not in front of me, but I, I know uh, it's got an 85% on uh, Google, uh, 27% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and 28% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep, and 5.8 out of 10. I went ahead and moved into another room in case that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know, and I also disconnected my internet, so that's what we're going to try here. Uh, okay. Hey. So, guys, if you're hearing this, you're hearing the realest of the realest podcast. We're going to tell you all the mistakes and faults and everything. But 
horror section is a show which we are diving into horror culture. Uh, we're perusing the aisles of our local video horror video rental place into the horror section and grabbing a movie off the shelf. And this movie that we grabbed off the shelf this time is Hollow Man. It's it's an hour and fifty two minutes as the runtime, and it was released August fourth of two thousand. So it will be twenty years old this year, and uh, it stars. Elizabeth Shue, Kevin Bacon, Josh Brolin, Kim Dickens, Greg Grunberg, Joey Slotnick, Mary Randall, and then William Devane, and also Rona Mitra can be also talked about. I'm sorry, Pablo, Pablo, but we're not going to talk about you. Uh, so, oh, Pablo. All right. <laughs> so, oh, no, Pablo, but. So in this movie, the movie starts off as me and Brandon was d- discussing before. Uh, it starts starts off with this rat that goes into this, uh, goes into a uh, cage and it gets eaten by an invisible subject. And you don't know what it is, but then it's revealed that it is a gorilla. I, I don't know the difference between an ape and a gorilla. I don't know if that's one and the same thing either, but that thing. A gorilla. Well, was this a was this a gorilla then, or was this an ape? I was thinking it was a gorilla. It's like a, isn't it like, isn't it uh, a, a albino gorilla too, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it like okay? I think it was. Yeah. Sure. So, so uh, we find out that um, all right. So they're trying to put this, make this gorilla back to being. Uh, visible because it's invisible. So they they have a way of turning things invisible, but they're trying to find out how to turn things back to be invisible. Uh, and you can't find out the gorilla is the biggest subject in which they try this on. It seems like they've yeah. also tried it on dogs. I don't know, probably cats. I don't know about mice, but um, and uh, and but you also find out that Kevin Bacon's character of Sebastian Kane really is a scientist first. And he doesn't really care about anything else. Like, he doesn't care about the animals at all. And that's where he conflicts with Kim Dick and Sarah Kennedy. Is that right? That is correct. Because she's all about the animals. She she prefers animals over humans. Which I've met a few people like that in real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's... Yeah, she's... I uh, believe she's, she is... Uh, a veterinarian is also her uh, job title in this. She's like uh, <laughs> in the top five veterinarians in the world. Um, so they hired her because she's one of the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so and then uh, well, so during this whole time, you uh, we get to meet, I guess, the gorilla escapes uh, out of his pod yep. and uh, we get to meet. It was in a cage. Yeah, it was in a cage. And uh, I guess Josh Brolin went in to give him his uh, tranquilizer, I guess, to get him prepped for yeah. surgery or prepped to, to go under, I guess, or come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, a gorilla bites Josh. <laughs> he, she did. She definitely bit him. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, so essentially, uh, talk about Josh Brolin and his relationship with uh, – well, Matt's relationship with Sebastian Kane, who is Kevin Bacon. Well, it's a friendly, it's somewhat friendly, but somewhat not. <laughs> uh, 
I think they have a friendly, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? You said it last time now. It's a friendly, friendly rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I think it's friendly for uh, Sebastian in a, in a, in a sense. Um, but I think uh, Matt kind of takes it personal at times. Uh, but he takes it personal for, in my aspect from what I was seeing, uh, for what we find out later. You know, he's kind of worried about something. Mm-hmm. He thinks he should tell him about something. But anyway, they, they make his little bet, $10 bet, about who can shoot her and, you know, put the tranquilizer in her first. And you just you can see there, I mean, that uh, it was friendly, but it, I felt like Matt really didn't like him <laughs> at the same time. Uh, he was friendly because it's his boss, basically, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so, obviously, Sebastian gets the trank in her, in her first, puts her down. Um, yeah. You get to meet the other characters, Carter, Abby, uh, is played by Greg Grunberg, who is a. Uh, I know him most, uh, but I know him from a couple of things, mainly from Heroes, and then he was on last season of. Uh, he was on last season of um, Castle Rock, as well. So, and then Joey Slotnick, um, who plays Frank Chase, he's like more of the. I say he's more of the computer expert or the uh, tech guy. Is that what you yeah. say? I would say so. Yeah, he came out uh, for was it? Well, there was two of them, but he, he came off like he was in charge of the tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, it looks like this this guy's done a lot of television. He's in Idle Hands, uh, but uh, I, I just I, I honestly don't remember him. In, I remember his face. He's one of those. He's one of those actors that you remember seeing him and other stuff, but he's not memorable enough to be like, "Oh yeah, he was in this movie," you know. This. Well, for me, I always go back to Boston Public with Joey. He's the teacher that slept with a student. <laughs> so that's that's how I know him. I think I, I think I think <laughs> I think it's a bad thing to know somebody by. I think. But I hope he wasn't typecast. He seems like he doesn't like, seem like the dude that would sleep with a with a student, though. Honestly. Um, and then we we meet Mary Randall, as you said, she's the other tech person, but I think she is the, his subservient. Subservient. Yeah. Uh, like she uh pretty much because like when everybody's in their position on the floor, we have uh Matt. Sebastian, typically Linda, who's Elizabeth Shue, the lovely Elizabeth Shue, Sarah, who's there because she is a vet person, and then you have in the up in the like little uh, like overlook place, you always have Frank there and Janice is there. Yeah, and uh, one of them's looking at the vitals, the other one is uh, doing uh, I guess controlling the I I, I don't know uh, the electricals the electrical stuff, I guess, but um, you kind of find out that these people are all scientists, and they all are doing a secret experiment uh, paid for, funded by the government in order to turn people invisible. And uh, I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what they want to gain from learning how to go invisible and and come back. That's the thing that I, I... 
I honestly think they were going to use it for like government ops, you know, get their people inside places invisible. The idea, I mean, it's the only thing I can honestly think of that you could use an invisible person for the government. I mean, unless you're going to spy on government, you know, but uh, I figured it was special ops, you know make their people invisible, take down people, you know, in wars and whatever, whatnot. I'm not saying it would work. I'm not saying it's a smart move. I'm just saying that's what I, that's what I thought of. Yeah. This time, I... Before I never really thought of much about why they were doing it. I was just enjoying what they were doing. <laughs> but yeah. kind of thought about it. This... Yeah, absolutely. This movie, uh, from the time where I was a, 20-year-old man watching this movie uh, and you was the 18-year-old man, i say? I uh, 17. 17, okay. No, I was 16. I was 16. In 2000? Uh, uh, well, when this movie came out, it came out two weeks before my 17th birthday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, at this time, though, I was a 20-year-old watching this film and and yeah, I didn't really pay attention to why they're going invisible or why they're trying to do this. I just, I like you said, I was just kicking back, eating my popcorn, enjoying the movie, and not yeah. really thinking much about the plot uh, other than you know. And uh, at the time, it was to me like the the best adaptation of what it, uh, what an Invisible Man movie was. Clearly, that has changed these days, but we'll get into that in our bonus episode. Okay. Stay true. Stay tuned. But I, I will say for that point, that time, I think it was. I hadn't watched The Invisible Man uh, prior to this. Uh, so this is my first time seeing an Invisible Man on screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. It was. A, I thought they took it in a fun aspect, uh, which I like. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. You, you take and you go fun with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I th- I think it still holds up today, and I think it's a it's better than most Invisible Man movies uh, and, to this day. I think and, I, I say it would be third or fourth for me. And I want to uh, what now? I said I, I want to bring up that point too, because um, you said this. You said this, and I, I didn't want to forget this. But you mentioned how. Uh, this could be a like for you. This was your launching pad into the invisible man trope of movies, you know. Whereas yeah. a lot of people, like for me, my launch into it was actually Memoirs of the Invisible Man uh, by John Carpenter. Uh, so that was yeah. the first movie that I kind of saw an invisible man and and thought about like what it would be like to be invisible, and like that movie explored like food and seeing your food and how it'd be hard to eat and how the the mechanics of being invisible how how it feel. Um and I really enjoyed that. But this movie is the first in my opinion, my the first horror movie Invisible Man character I've ever seen. It's your favorite or uh, first. Said? I said it's my first. first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I have to agree with that too because it was my first. So uh, you know, like like we both have said, Kevin Bacon is an excellent villain. Uh, so I mean, 
he just brings so much to the character of Sebastian. Uh, I think normally you wouldn't like this type of character, but he makes you like him. Mm-hmm. He definitely makes you care. Absolutely. And um, and also, so uh, jumping back into the the uh, what's going on in the movie, they uh, they track down the the gorilla, yeah. they prepper. We find we find out that Kevin uh, Kevin did fi- figure out uh, he has like something written on his on his. Uh, we see something when he goes home. We see uh, we see that he uh, has something like posted over his head that every time he leans back to go to sleep or the rest, it says you should be working. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, so he doesn't really allow himself to rest to sleep and things like that. And we also realize that across the hall from him, across the building from him. He has a lady that that there's a very attractive lady played by Rona uh, Mitra, who I knew from uh, uh, Underworld Rise of the Lycans, um, but and uh, Brandon knows her from other sh- other movies. But we realize that he sees this woman, and he it feels like he he wishes that he could be in her apartment with her with her, you know, because yeah. um, he he kind of gets ashamed, uh, not ashamed, but upset when she closes the curtains like when she comes home she immediately starts taking off stuff like in one room <laughs> and then she goes to this other room and closes the curtains but not all the way you can still see like you know stuff a little bit you know yeah. um but you find out that he's like a narcissist i guess that's where i kind of felt like he was like i don't know i felt like he was a little creepy in that what do you think yeah, he's a little creepy, and he's definitely narcissistic. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, I mean, narcissism, uh, he, he's got that going for him. That's not a good thing, but he's got that going for him. And he's, he's just all out for himself. I mean, at the end of the day, he's willing to do whatever it takes. He doesn't care, as we said previously before it got shut down, he doesn't care about the animal. He doesn't care about his other scientists really he will throw them under the bus if he had to uh, <laughs> he would do whatever it took uh to come out number one uh, that's the way i took it and uh but the way he plays it is is just fun it's just it's just it's it's, it's fun to watch him play the character like he does mm, you're right it, it really is though um and so we, he uh, when he's at home and he's working, he finally finds out how to. Uh, he found, I don't know science, but he finds out a way to do something to I guess, uh, come bring the bring the gorilla back, bring the ape yeah. back to, from invisible to visible, and uh, he he uh, calls Elizabeth Shue via video chat, which is. I tell you how this movie is, you know, like video conference call on the computer, um, and uh, calls her on her on her laptop or whatnot, and uh, she moves the camera because she has he doesn't know this, but Josh Brolin's in the back in the bed sleep, so he she moves the camera to, so to like make sure that he doesn't see him, and um, he's like, hey, I figured out how to bring the gorilla back, and I'm a genius, and da 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 da. And uh, finally, they he calls everybody in in the morning to do this. To let's bring the gorilla back, and um, 
we all end up in the lab with uh and this is where you see i think uh you you hear the you see the uh conflict between kevin uh sebastian and sarah kennedy too because uh he's talking about like like he's he's talking about like if he was to bring like bring him back he's gonna dissect the brain and see what it does and stuff like like he really doesn't care about this gorilla at all. No, not at all. Not at all. He he came off like he was joking, but you could you you could tell that nah, he would do it <laughs> in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And, and then ahead. what else happened, Brandon? I was gonna say, uh, tell him what else happened. So after this part. Brandon's favorite part is when they get this gorilla strapped to the gurney and start bringing them back. Ain't that right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Oh, God, I hate it. The, the, the seeing the heartbeat like that, just seeing all the, the body transform into flesh, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I, I don't want no part of it. it. That is what truly terrifies me, is what is inside us, you know, just seeing that and just, I don't know. It's you know blood, what? It's not gore. It's not getting hit chopped off. It's that. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just the inner workings of the human anatomy that scares Brandon. That's what gets uh, me. <laughs> let me, let me tell you all. So, all right. So, and, and Brandon, I want your thoughts on this. So they, they get, they, they inject, they eject the inject the serum into the gorilla to uh, bring the gorilla back and you start to see a flow through the veins of the gorilla like they put, sprayed this thing to find the vein of the gorilla uh, so they sprayed it and then uh, well they they put the injected it into the gorilla and you see it spreading through and then finally you start seeing the gorilla start coming back and things like that and you start seeing the skeletal system form and then the organs form and you see the lungs, and you see all this stuff start coming back. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, Brandon, for 2000, for a movie that's almost 20 years old, and CGI wasn't strong at that point, uh, yeah. man, that CGI holds, holds up, man. It holds up really well. Yeah, I think, in, well, I think there's some cases it doesn't hold up as strong, but it's 20 years old. Too. So, for a twenty-year-old movie, it does hold up CGI-wise. Uh, but, but man, I, I tell you, whew. <laughs> seeing that scene, ah, just gets me. Yeah. Oh, just- so, so moving past that, um, so essentially, they end up bringing the gorilla back. They end up having to uh, put the paddles on the gorilla and uh, defibrillator or whatever, and bring the yeah. gorilla back, and the gorilla comes back. And so I figure I I feel that electricity is part of bringing the thing back, uh, and that's where it failed the first. Oh man, we're gonna dive into this, All right, But so with Kevin's character, uh, uh, Sebastian, he realized like he does. He goes to the Pentagon or whatever uh, to uh, whoever he goes to the military base, and, and he pretty much gaslights him and be like, "Oh yeah, we haven't figured out anything yet. We you know need more time." In reality, he hasn't had a breakthrough, but he feels like he wants to be the first to be invisible and come back to be invisible. And so, he, like you said before, 
uh, he has a God complex and he wants to be God. He wants to be the first to do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we, and we count, we count that too with, uh, like Josh Brolin wanted to inject the gorilla and he's like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't, you wasn't going to do this. You know, you know, as me, you know, something like that. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. yeah. So what happens? Gotta be, he's got to be in charge. Uh, you know, it's, He's got a complex where he's just got to control everything. Just, I mean, it's just who he is as a person. So, I mean, you know, you either take it or you don't. But that's how it, that's how it's gonna run with him. So, <laughs> but did you like the yeah. joke he said before they actually went into surgery or whatever you want to call it, what they were doing about the Invisible Man, Super, Superman, and Wonder Woman? Did you like that joke? What did they say? I I, I think I even missed it. <laughs> Uh, I think it was after they tranked the, the gorilla. He said, "Uh, Wonder Woman was naked on the on the bed, and Superman thought he was just gonna zoom in real quick and get you know hit her." And after he finished, Invisible Man said, "What was that? That hurt my ass." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, okay. It was funny. It, it was. I was like. I, I laughed because, like, and Beth was like, "You find that funny, don't you?" I was like, "I mean, you had they had to find a way to connect this to the Invisible Man. You, you have to pay some homage to it, you know." Yeah, you really do. Um, and so uh, we we find out. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, we we find out. So Sebastian decides to go under. And become invisible, and the same sequence happens. Uh, he becomes invisible, and his is like I seen more Kevin Bacon booty than I thought I would want to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all hey, if you come into this movie not expecting to see Kevin Bacon booty and slong, you're gonna get Kevin Bacon booty and slong in this movie. Um, Whether you want it or not, you're getting it. <laughs> you're getting it. Oh, uh, and uh. <laughs> we'll say it again. You're getting some bacon. You're getting some bacon. Yeah, you get some bacon. A uh, whole slab of it. But um, but then the uh, go enjoy your bacon. <laughs> but uh, so Kevin, uh, he he goes. Uh, so they go ahead and they he's invisible. And uh, from the time that he uh, he realized like he loves being and he does he already does something like different. So like. He hides, and then like they they put on the glasses, they find him, and stuff like that. And and uh, that's the first time you see naked Kevin Bacon song uh, walking around, <laughs> and because he walks between uh, Elizabeth Shue and uh, Ken Dickens, and uh, you know I think he grabs her butt and uh, hey, things like that. He does. Which He's brings me to a point. Brings me to a point real quick. Right. This movie could not survive today's time and today's culture. <laughs> There's no way no, you no. can make a movie and, no. and have the same thing happen today. Mm -mm. No, you can't do it. You can't do that today. Uh, that, that, that's taking it too far today. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's to a point I get it, but you know, it's, you know, it's just, People get offended easily yeah. today. Oh well, and then for the for you know like the most uncomfortable scene in it was actually 
uh, with Sarah Kent, Sarah, uh, Kim Dickens' yeah. character. Yeah, you should do uh, that. <laughs> yeah, so it, he escalates. That. He escalates. So he, so she's like, so she has first watch, and she's watching over him while he is asleep, right? And he, right. And he's on, in bed, uh, bored and tossing the turning. So then he gets up and uh, and comes into like the room where she's at. And she's knocked out. She's asleep. Yep. And he and he uh, reveals her boob and starts sucking on her boob. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and my, where to go from there. <laughs> my eyes was like, I totally forgot that happened. My eyes was like, I can't believe I just saw what I saw. I didn't forget that happened. That was like one of the most memorable scenes from that movie when I first watched it. It's like, wow, <laughs> they did but that. <laughs> how did you? How did you feel, Brandon, watching it now? So you watched it back in two thousand when you were 16, 17, almost seventeen. How did you yeah. feel watching that scene now, knowing today's culture? How did that come across to you? Oh, this would not fly today at all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this would. Oh, man, this would have had so much backlash today. You know, it, it just would have. I mean, for me, it's part of who he is, his character. He's that narcissistic. He thinks he can take whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. It's part of his character. It's part of, you know, it's, part, it's who he is. So so it didn't bother me as much as it would bother a lot of women. Because <laughs> it's part of the his character, you know. You know, I, yeah. I'm not sure how to word it, but you know, I right. was fine with it to as for a story, you know. But real life, not fine with it. But for a story, you know, it you know, yeah, it's part of the story. Yeah, but as far as it, it just to me, the way that it comes across to me is is how he escalates from uh, small little things to bigger things. Like so, he started with that. Then uh, yeah. not too long after that, he starts with the uh, like the the uh, Mary uh, Janice's character goes to pee, and she's convinced that he's in the bathroom with her. Uh, and I believe that at one point he was in the bathroom with her, but he left. I don't know, but uh, it's just it's just uncomfortable knowing like you don't know where this guy is, and that, uh, you know, and that's uh, I think that's part of its genius. That you don't know, you know. As part of the genius of Invisible Man, that you don't know where he is, uh, you know that that type of character, you don't know where he is. I, I love that aspect to this movie is you don't know, you don't know where he is, mm -hmm. you don't know what he's doing, you know. Mm -hmm. I would and... love to say he started to go crazy. Uh, in some ways, I think he did, but I think in some ways he was already that type of person deep down hmm. inside so the experiment what you're saying is the experiment allowed him to uh allow his real self to come come to the surface so yeah. it just allowed his uh whatever things that he would have held back on doing his his uh his was his uh whatever filter or whatnot was broken that allows him to just be as egotistical as as insane as he wanted to be and he felt like yeah. he, he can do do what he wants because he is the only living invisible man. 
That's right. I, I felt that no one could prove he did it because they can't see him. <laughs> no. That's true. Oh well, well we we experienced that later on. Uh, but the poor lady. Yeah. But uh, but so all right. So he he's being invisible, and the and the rest of the crew pretty much feels that they need to get him back, like bring him back because he's only supposed to be un, invisible for three days, and he's yeah. been invisible. Though I, I, although I I couldn't really tell time has passed because of the location of the movie you shot. It just doesn't feel like much time has passed. Uh, but I, I, I assume it's been maybe weeks or months. May, I don't he know. Said, he said 10 days at one point. So, mm, you know. so there you go. So, yeah, he... he uh, go ahead. Uh, he was just really getting frustrated that, you know, he, he couldn't be, you know, in his flesh, you know, again. You know, it was really frustrating for him. It was driving him crazy. You could see that in scenes. Then they made him a mask, which I loved, and that was another paying homage to the Invisible Man from 1933. You know, when they made the mask back then. So I, you know, it it, it honors the legacy of the Invisible Man character. I feel, especially at first movie, uh, but yeah. Yeah, he was just uh, very frustrated and losing his mind every day that he was invisible. Yeah, and it brings up another point that uh, what it would be like to be invisible. The thing that stood out to me was uh, his not being able to close his eyes. Like, he closes his eyelids, but they're translucent. So yeah. so he won't be able to sleep. You, In order to sleep as an invisible person, you would need complete darkness, you know, in order to like trick your mind, but to say I am sleep, I got my eyes closed. It's just it'll be terrible to be invisible. <laughs> but um, yeah. but uh, when it comes to sleeping, <laughs> that I said when it comes to sleeping, it would be terrible. But uh, but yeah. So uh, little by little, essentially, um, we're gonna try to fast forward a bit. So um, Kevin and the well, Kevin pretty much tries to have them bring him back. It does. It it is not a successful attempt. It's a failure, and um and but I think that also part of me felt Brandon that Sebastian wanted it to fail because he wanted to stay invisible a little longer. He actually says, "Oh, uh, I was just now getting used to being invisible, or you know, whatever. I just now starting to have yeah. fun." You know, and so I think that he really he wanted to fail, and the reason why it like it failed like is obviously this is where I was going to get it because later on at the end of the movie, electricity was used to start bringing his body back a little bit. So I think that they needed electricity to help bring him back because that's yeah. when the gorillas start coming back is when they shocked him back. So mm-hmm. I think that that's part of it. You could be right, actually. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, you're probably right. They needed electricity to bring him back. I I agree with though. I don't think he at at a certain point. I don't think he wanted to come back. You know, as visible. I think he wanted to live out his days as invisible. 
uh, doing whatever he wanted. Um, but one thing they did do, though, you know, they they lied about the the breakthrough they had. They didn't tell their crew about it. Yeah, that's right. They didn't get the okay to to make Sebastian invisible. No, they just pretty much did it themselves. Yeah. So which you know, ultimately leads them to go to William Devane's character and tell them. Uh, Elizabeth Shue and uh, Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. How does Kevin also, Bacon react to that? Oh, well, well, before we get there, so Kevin discovers, because I felt like Elizabeth and Josh wasn't really be, playing it safe in their relationship. Like, they wanted to kiss together. and they, To me, like, anybody can stare at these two and tell that they had a relationship or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. uh, but Kevin, uh, Sebastian finally finds out that they are together uh, when he goes to spy on them at their house, at, uh, at, at her apartment, and how he breaks the window, you know, and, and goes down a fire escape and everything. Uh, but yeah, so uh, fast forward to where Brandon wants to go. So uh, they go to tell uh, uh, what is it, Doctor Kramer, about the um, the the experiment, and he's mad, uh, and he's going to call the the generals in the morning or whatnot, or wake the generals. He's planning on calling them right then, but he went out to smoke or something like that. And uh, and uh, I might, no, I think Kevin lured him outside. Uh, Sebastian lured him outside. With the doors yeah. opening and stuff like that, um, yeah. And so, and uh, Sebastian drowns Doctor Kramer in the swimming pool. Uh, so, you know, the thing that sticks out to me is this man died by being held by a naked man getting <laughs> drowned in the swimming pool. Although you can't see that he's naked, he naked, and he drowning this man. So he got a slung all on his back and all his body, and he's drowning, man. Yeah. Think about that, Brandon. <laughs> that's what I think of. That's that's what comes to my mind. But no, uh, so he drowns him. Uh, and the point of this is, uh, Doctor Kramer wasn't able to alert the rest of the generals to let them know what happened. So uh, nobody knows about the experiment. And they're cut off from the world. And now Sebastian can go back in and kill them. And that's where we get to the third act of the movie. Brandon, let's go into the third act. All right. So uh, Sebastian comes back um, after doing that. The next morning, they're gonna. They tell the, the their crew what's going on. They're expecting a phone call. Elizabeth Shue uh, calls the, the Dr. Kramer, you said? Yeah, oh, before we go in there, we didn't mention this. We need to mention this real quick. I just thought about this. Uh, another thing, one, one of the biggest things that uh, Sebastian does that is like truly, other than killing the Dr. Kramer, um, but uh, another thing that he does is he rapes his neighbor lady. Oh, yeah. Brandon. We can't gloss over that. This man rapes this this lady, like yeah. And and she like so he comes to her door. Uh, he's at his apartment. He sneaks out with his uh with his cl- with his stuff on. Uh, he uh he first scares some kids in the car next to him, you know, 
which uh, it was pretty funny. I thought that was really pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, but then when he goes home, he realizes the neighbor's home, and he thinks, and he takes off the glove, and so the so the stuff he could put on and off the mask and stuff, which I like that aspect of it. I thought if he takes it off, it rip, but he could put it back on and off whenever he wants to. Um, yeah, and so he takes it off, and um, and he goes into he strolls into the lady's house, um, and well he uh, rings the doorbell. She don't see nobody standing at the door, so she opens the door, and then when she opens the door and walks out in the hallway, she just got out of the shower, and uh, he strolls he he runs by her into her, her house. And she starts to go back into the bathroom or her bedroom, and she has kind of has a feeling that somebody's there. And yeah. uh, the next thing you know, Kevin attacks her and rapes her. Uh, which it is the perfect crime because, in the sense of like uh, like DNA, even is there, but his DNA would be invisible, I guess. Uh, so you really can't catch him i don't no. know how that works um <laughs> well it's you know that that now i feel like you knew this scene was coming from the very beginning of uh how he watched her mm-hmm. even when he was visible <clears throat> so i felt the scene was coming I don't think you're prepared for it when it happens mm. although it could have been a lot worse than it was you know, it was just like shaking her around. So you didn't really see, you know, you know, of course you couldn't see cause he's invisible, but, but, but you do see the aftermath of a, like, like when they cut back to her and he's leaving, he gets off the bed and stuff like that. Uh, you see the, uh, you see she has bruises on her legs and stuff like that. Yeah. And she's crying and imagine this poor woman not knowing what just happened to her. Something rushed her, something attacked her, and something raped her, and she has no idea what happened. She probably mm-hmm. thought she was attacked by a demon. <laughs> yeah. Which I kind of got that supernatural feel that something supernatural was attacking her hmm. more than an invisible man was. Well, she, and she wouldn't. She wouldn't have no idea of no no. You know, she wouldn't know that it was an invisible man that attacked her. You know what I mean? She had no she, reason to believe that. Yeah, no reason. But she did feel a presence in that room. Again, just came off more supernatural than anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, but we all saw that scene coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was uncomfortable to watch, but, you know. It wasn't nearly as bad as uh, the last house on the left. No. <laughs> it wasn't nearly as bad as uh, freaking uh, well, I Spit on Your Grave, like the original, or the remake, for that seen, matter. I haven't seen the originals. I don't think I've seen I Spit on Your Grave, any of them. I don't think I've seen the remakes or any of it. Oh, well, Those that be... I don't. What's that? Oh, well, uh, we're going to have to put it on the horror section. Um I don't know, man. That's that's rough. <laughs> mm. But getting back to the third act, I'm sorry, as Brandon was at, um, I, I'm just gonna say this real quick. I haven't seen the rest of the Hollow Man movies. I believe there's maybe two or three more. Uh, I'm not sure. 
Um, I think there's just one more. One more. Okay, I haven't seen that, but it's I would have. Uh, I was gonna say I would have continued with the woman that was raped, and maybe she had an invisible baby, and the invisible baby went on to be like the next thing. That's what I would have done, but I don't know. That's where I thought about it. But anyway. Um, yeah, they didn't go that route. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I imagine they didn't. But uh, uh, but yeah. So at the third act, as Brandon was saying, they all get back to the uh, the the underground bunker place, and they're expecting a phone call from uh, um, Doctor Kramer, and uh, and nothing happens. So Elizabeth Shue calls Mrs. Kramer, and she I guess alerts her that he drowned in the swimming pool last night after they left. And what happened? What happens next? Uh, the Sebastian. Well, I think. Let's see. I think he cuts off he their codes, so he changes that, everybody's codes. Yeah, he changes everybody's codes, and he gets out of bed. He takes everything off, so they can't see him. Uh, then they realize that he's, you know, planning something. The only code that works is his. Uh, they get their guns with their tranquilizers. And they go hunting, and it becomes a cat and mouse game for the rest of the film. The Did first like character. Uh, I'm sorry. Say it again. Did you like that aspect that they took for the final act to make it cat and mouse? Uh, yeah, it felt very '90s. It felt like '90s. Yeah. That's how that's how it came across to me. Like, like this was 2000, but you can feel that it was still leaning towards the 90s films just like yeah. this. Uh, and so, uh, and you know, that's, I, I, I get into that in a minute. But, yeah, well, I'll go ahead and say it real quick. That's just indicative of culture every time when it's the beginning of a new uh, decade or whatever. Uh, it's just, it still lives in the old decade. So movies from 1980 feel like the 70s because the movies in 1980 are still carrying over a lot of the stuff from the 70s. It wasn't until like 1984 that it, movies started feeling like their own stuff, you know, um, especially yeah. horror. Uh, and then like in 2000, movies from the, the year 2000 still feel like movies from 99 and 98 because it's still, it, we're still living in 99, 98. And so, the 2000 films don't feel like it. You don't really feel like they're their own thing until maybe, I don't know, 2004, 2005, maybe. I would even say 2010, maybe. But, um, but yeah, so I just want to bring that up real quick. But yeah, I do like the cat and mouse aspect of the, of the hunt. I think that it, it brought it, it didn't feel more like a horror at that point. It felt more like an action or a suspense thriller at that point, you know, yeah. to me. Yeah, I would say more thriller and suspense. I never really felt that it was action-y. Uh, yeah, maybe not action, but, but thriller and suspense. So yeah, I agree. But I don't. I don't know if I look at this. I mean, technically, it's a horror film, but I feel like it's more. Sus- no, nah, I wouldn't say suspenseful. More of a thriller, more than horror, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But definitely science fiction. I mean, you know, it, it's got a little bit of everything. Honestly, it's. It's, a, it's it's in a weird place. Uh, but, you know, it, definitely horror. I mean, guy is invisible and he's killing people. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, so, uh, 
oh, the first person of the crew to uh, actually eat the bite the dust was uh, it would be Janice. So uh, everybody grabs their mask and guns to try to go hunting for him. She goes back to get her mask, and when she goes and to get her mask, and she turns, yeah, and, and she puts it I mean, on. How do you, she wasn't focused. I mean, obviously this could happen. I know people that probably would forget stuff in a situation because they're not thinking, you know. So it it could happen. It's just you got to be focused. Also, (laughs) go ahead. Also, also also something else that that doesn't work, though. And I say that this is something that doesn't work. So it wasn't that much longer from the time that, like, because everybody else that walked outside the, the doors had their mask on. So Kevin, uh, Sebastian had to be hiding somewhere so that they didn't see him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. she just turned around and grabbed her mask and put it on and started walking through the door again. And he was already at the door, coming through the door. And, uh, like, I guess he, he strangled her. She died off screen. So she's the weakest death of the bunch because she died off screen. Um, but uh, I just I, – I thought that they um, – I thought that uh, that yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a little uh, what's the term? What's that word? Um, when something doesn't like a plot plot hole. There you go. It's a bit of a plot hole uh, because they just left out the door with their mask, with their uh, X-ray vision on or the infrared vision on or whatever, and didn't see him. Yeah, they they you know. probably should have showed him hiding somewhere as they were leaving. Um, but, you know, it, it's, you know, like you said, it's it's a, it's still a product of the 90s, even though it's 2000. You know, they didn't show. And I think that it, it, it works sometimes and it hurts you sometimes when you don't see stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so they so they go out hunting. They have no idea that she's dead. They discovered that later on with the propped up body in the in the uh, in the locker, and so yeah. uh, so I think the next one to bite the dust is so they so they split up. Uh, Elizabeth Shue is in I forgot where she's at. She's somewhere I think she's maybe with the lady doctor. I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, and then Josh is with um, I'm going to start trying to call him that by the <laughs> Frank is with. Um. No, no, no. Carter, Carter is with. Um, is Carter with uh the the teacher raper guy from from Boston Legal? Yeah, that's savage. You're referring to him as a teacher raper. He didn't rape the girl. They had a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right, all right. I won't call him that then. But all right. So uh, there he is Frank. So well, actually, I think I thought Josh. So so Josh and um, Josh Brolin. I keep calling this man Josh Brolin. <laughs> this is his real name, Matt. Matt and Matt. Matt and Carter separate somehow, and yeah. uh, they're they're hunting Se- Sebastian. They can't find him, and they went the separate ways, and they can meet up together, and um, and then all of a sudden Sebastian grabs him. I guess he's hiding on top of pipes. And he grabs, he grabs, he becomes like supernatural for some reason. He's stronger than he's supposed to be. Oh, we didn't even mention him yeah. killing the dog. <laughs> yeah, he was killing the dog. 
Yeah. He, yeah, that's another brutal scene I imagine that you going to talk about. Yeah, he didn't care about the animals to begin with, so, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just... He does kind of get supernatural. He gets, you know, super strength, and which makes no sense, but... For me, personally, I just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went with it, uh, but at least to like one of the best, I would say one of the best deaths in the in the whole movie is when uh, he took he took uh, uh, Carter and threw him down, made his head hit a pipe, and just and it hit the yeah. oof. It's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal head head gash. It was the most gruesome scene in the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> Not the dog being bashed in infrared. Not the scene with the dog being bashed in infrared. That wasn't the most brutal scene. No, I feel that the, the guy getting his his head smacked into the pipe and it breaking, you know, blood goozing out. It was most gruesome for me. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I, I'm just. You're right. I'm not. My bad. But also. Uh, so he's down, uh, and then the girl finds him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what's her name? Kim, Sarah, Sarah finds him, uh, finds him yeah. down. And then, uh, she goes to try to get, um, some, he needs a blood transfusion. He needs blood, I guess. I don't know what she yeah. plans on doing to save this man's life, <laughs> but she goes to try to get blood. And, uh, and it leads to a scene where, uh, she realized that he's in the room with her, and so he she goes ahead and uh, starts pouring the blood all over the floor to try to make sure that she he she could see his footsteps when he walks. Now yeah. I think that this scene was paid homage to in Invisible Man. I'm just saying I don't I don't remember seeing that aspect of it in the original Invisible Man. Uh, because it was just the snow, but I could see if he's walking in the snow to the far, to the yeah. barn or whatever. But I don't believe. Yeah. I think that this scene with them literally pouring grounds or pouring something on the floor to make sure that they can see his feet. I think that this uh, the the Invisible Man of 2020 paid homage to. I think it paid courtesy to this movie too. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it did. It did, no doubt. No doubt, it did. Because I, I think people, most people, most people don't think of Invisible Man, 1930s. You know, unless you're a really diehard fan of the Universal Monsters. I think when people think of Invisible Man, like in the last 20 years, they probably think of Hollow Man. Honestly, I, for yeah. the most part, I would say. Only you know, two, especially kids. Yeah, only you two know, come people, to my mind is, uh, I apologize, but only two that come to my mind is Hollow Man, and uh, I would say from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, those are the only two that really come to my mind before Invisible Man 2020. But go ahead. I was just saying that that's probably what most people, you know, think of when they think of the Invisible Man. They don't really think of the original Invisible Man. Like I said, unless you're a diehard Universal Monster fan, like I wouldn't think the kids today from age 14 to 17 would probably even know who the Invisible Man was back in the 30s. Just my thoughts on it, but I, don't, I really don't think they would know. You know what? 
and that's true. Oh man, I can't wait to get into this bonus episode. Because <laughs> we're gonna talk about the invisible man. I was going to mention this here for the audience to stay on to hear this. Uh, so I believe that maybe for this next generation, the 2020, the 2020 Invisible Man would be their first uh, rendezvous with the Invisible Man character, and so that's how they would be introduced. So years later, they're gonna say, "Oh, I know the Invisible Man, the one that had, uh, you know, Elizabeth Moss in it." You know? Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah, I think that this new one's going to be remembered for quite some time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so back to this movie. Uh, so she pours the blood on the floor, and uh, and and of course, I was thinking the same thing that he's like already back there behind her, which I think that he was right. Uh, yeah. And I forgot how he kills her. Does he choke her? Does he? Uh, he does he knock her out? And then he slaps. And then he snaps her neck, don't he? Yeah. He said, he said I always thought you were feisty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she died, she's dead. And then like she's you dead. have uh yeah, and then you have the other guy, the uh the uh, the uh tech guy, um I'm not gonna call him what I wanna call him, Brandon. I'm gonna be good. Well, he technically did rape the girl. I'm telling you, they had a long relationship. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the books, uh, Joey, all right, uh, Frank, all right, Frank Chase. So, um, so he goes ahead, and um, I think he's coming back there for some reason. Uh, Josh Brolin gets uh, stabbed, and uh, and he's about dies, and and he's in a freezer. I think, and then uh, Elizabeth Shue gets put in the freezer, and then the other guy gets uh, killed, and he's dead. Like he he dies. Uh, Frank dies, yeah. and so yeah. at this point, they're locked in the freezer, and and they turn. He turns the temperature down, breaks it, so they're freezing to death. And he's trying to escape, and so Elizabeth Shue was able to MacGyver her way out of outside of this freezer. Saves, saves. Uh, I was going, I almost called him Brad from Goonies. Saves, saves Matt, uh, and brings him out. And then uh, she goes on on the hunt for Sebastian, and um, she finds Sebastian and she burns him, which that was oh, yeah. very brutal. <laughs> yeah, that was that was harsh. Burned the guy, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You got to burn the invisible man. You got to burn the invisible man. He's the invisible man. I mean, I I guess they didn't have the rights to invisible man, so they called it hollow man. But it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It was a. I felt it was kind of a new take on it, Uh, a more fun take on the character. But yeah, it's cool though that Kevin Bacon got to play the invisible man. (laughs) Yeah. And so at, at the end of this, uh, Brad, uh, freaking Mike, Matthew, Matthew Matt. makes his way. Yeah, Matt. He makes his way back miraculously to back to out. He was da- damn near dead. He brought us, he yeah. came back. And, uh, and so he's now revitalized enough to climb ladders and stuff like that with Elizabeth Shue. This is the last part that I felt, felt action like. 
yeah, with like the explosions and stuff and, and the fires. And... Yeah, the ending did feel like an action ending to a movie. Especially yeah. in the 90s. There was yeah. always an explosion. <laughs> and it felt like one of those 90s. It felt like, honestly, like almost like the end of like Speed or something. It felt like something that was very, very 90s, like a 90s action ending of a horror movie. Like this movie goes through like horror, thriller, suspense, and action, and all within the same movie. And it's and and it's not a bad thing because the movie is all of those genres all rolled into one. Um, yeah. But Brandon, what were your thoughts on the ending of the movie? Tell me, tell me how it ends, and what were your thoughts on the ending? Well, they're hanging on the uh, what are they? I want to say rope, but they're they're not. The wires. They're in the elevator shaft. The shaft, yeah, they're hanging on there, and I I think uh, he's got a hold of her legs or something, or her foot or something. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I thought Uh, his her leg, maybe her foot. One of the body part. He has the body part. He's burnt. So and and, and she also electrocuted him for some reason. So he is now kind of coming back. He's not completely visible, but. You can see like his. I think you can just see his exoskeleton, right? You can see like yeah. the like the fleshy parts of him. Yeah, you can see parts of it. Uh, not exactly too fleshy, but he, he somewhat is coming back. And she holds on to the the wire, right? And uh, the shaft mm-hmm. goes up, and he falls down like Die Hard. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, I did. He, he felt like that hard. He felt like Hans Gruber into he that did. fire. He did. He felt like Hans Gruber. Matter of fact, yeah, he felt like Hans Gruber. You're right. I was wondering if he had a gun in his hand. Uh, but yeah, no, he fell into the fire. And then that's the part that I felt seemed the, the CGI wasn't as good. The fire CGI and him falling into the fire didn't look as good as it would have looked today. But, um, yeah, so he falls into the fire, uh, and they make it out of the him, her, and Matthew Matt makes it out of the shaft. And at this time, the I think police is there, fire trucks, ambulance have no idea why they're there, but they're there. Um, and that's the end of the movie. The, it, it cranes up to credits. Yep. That's the end of the movie, man. Uh, the the movie. Uh, I, okay, so I enjoyed most of the movie. I didn't really care for the ending of the movie, but I wasn't dissatisfied as far as because it's it's of its time. It felt like it of its time, and I'm okay with movies that ended like that of its time. You couldn't end a movie on a on a bad note. There was no cliffhangers like that back then. They didn't really do a lot of those then. Yeah, you didn't get a cliffhanger. I was hoping for a cliffhanger. Uh... I didn't want to see him die, you know, uh, but, you know, we didn't get it and it, they get, they escape and that's, you know, credits roll. And it kind of reminds me of an old action movie, Passenger 57. Once Wesley Snipes saves those people, gets off that plane, he's walking down the strip and it's over. It's, that's the movie. (laughs) Or or Con Air, Con Air. If you think about Con Air, Con Air ends the same way, like with, you know, just yeah. it's just the end of it. You know, he saves it, he's free. But then they did have they cut away to uh, Steve Buscemi 
like and he's free, so I like that uh, aspect of it. But yeah, it just felt like one of those '90s. It felt like a '90s ending of a. It felt like the ending of a '90s action movie versus the ending of a '90s horror movie. Because I felt like horror in the '90s. I'm trying to think of. Uh, okay, so for instance, uh, House on Haunted House House uh, House on Hill, right? Um, mm-hmm. I believe that ends with uh, the two characters. I think uh, Tyrese, not Tyrese, but uh, Tay Diggs, and I forget the other lady that is in that movie. I hadn't seen that so long. Is it Allie Larder? Yeah, I was going to say the girl from Final Destination. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Allie Larder. Yeah, so they yeah. uh, they like Outside on top of the mansion. Yeah, but it's the yeah. end. But but it, the ending of it is they survived. But they're kind of stranded. The ending of Deep Blue Sea, they survive, but they're kind of floating around on a raft. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think were they on the raft on Deep Blue Sea, or were they on the, uh, or were they on, they, on like a dock or something? They were like on a dock at the end. Okay. Uh, okay. The morning crew was coming in, or the week week crew, whatever you want to call them, uh, were coming in and. Uh, LL Cool J says, "Are you sure there weren't any more weren't any more sharks?" <laughs> oh, they they brought their feet out the water. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, which is a great movie. We're gonna put this on the horror section too sometime. Uh, but yeah, so the movie. But my point is, Brandon, I felt like the movie ended more like an action movie versus a yeah. horror movie in the nineties. Your thoughts? I agree. I agree. It did end more like an action movie. Uh, but as far as horror ending like that, just kind of ending, I guess I could look at it like uh, Jason, uh, the new blood part seven kind of just ends too with them in the ambulance and just, they escape Jason, they get put in an ambulance and it ends. Mm. You know, I, that's the closest thing I can come to uh, other than what you said about house on haunted Hill, you know? Yeah. But it definitely I mean- felt nineties. It felt like an action Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad though. It's not a bad ending. And so let's. Uh, no. I guess we we get into our ratings real quick on the movie. Uh, uh, unless you have any more thoughts to share before we get into the rating. No, I think we we covered uh, a lot of it. So I'm, I'm I'm good with the ratings now. All right. So I'm gonna give this movie. I would say back in 2000, I would have gave it a total of five out of five. Uh, five markouts out of five. I believe now I will give it 4.5 markouts out of five. I think that it still is a good movie. I, I had fun watching it again, expl- exploring this movie again, all over again. I think the only reason why I wouldn't give it five is because there's some, some setbacks with some of the CGI that happens that it doesn't, it doesn't hold up too well. But other than that, I think the story was still good. I think Kevin was great. Elizabeth yeah. was great. Uh, Josh was great. And the other uh, other part characters was good, too. But Kevin carried it, man. And Kevin is well worth the mission. Yeah, yeah, Kevin really carried it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the score. 4.5 is what I would give it as well. Uh, some of the CGI is the reason why I wouldn't give it a 5. But also... Uh, we really, I mean, we we saw 
little bits of him going into madness, but I, I would have loved to see more. But then that's a different movie altogether. If you see more, this was a, a fun film to watch. Is you know, so for what it was, I I really enjoyed it back in two thousand. I, I really enjoy it in two thousand twenty. I think it 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 just holds up. Uh, just it's just an entertaining film. I agree. It really does. And I think that uh, to, I haven't seen the sequels and I think I would never see the sequel. I believe it's like I think that this type of movie uh, that needs to stay, be standalone and you know, I would love to see. Now you can't do it now because <laughs> Invisible Man 2000, uh, 2020 is great. So, But if they hadn't had Invisible Man 2020, I would have loved to have seen a reboot of this movie. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. I kind of would rather have it with uh, Kevin Bacon again. I, I don't think I would want to see it if it wasn't Kevin Bacon playing the same role. Yeah, um, I, I feel you on that. Uh, but I mean, Hollow Man and Invisible Man, as much as they're alike with the character, they're very much different movies. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like Invisible Man is not the main character. In Invisible Man, as is he, mm. Hollow Man is the main character in Hollow Man. It, it's, it, it's, it's. I don't know, but we'll get into that in, in the bonus episode. But yeah, this was just like a really fun movie, though. It was just, it, in some ways, I guess it's a guilty pleasure movie, uh, <laughs> popcorn film. It, it just you go in, turn your brain off, and just enjoy the ride. I mean. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But you can also uh, have your brain on with some of the science that goes on in it early on. I bet that was cool to see. Uh, we don't get to see a lot of it today. <clears throat> You're right. Yeah, we don't really get to see a lot of the um, – uh, uh, and I never really thought of this until you said it. I never really thought of this movie as a body horror movie. Uh, it it pretty much is a body horror in some, some, some sense as far as like the – human anatomy, the way that uh, it's, you know, uh, comes back and stuff like that. I, I think that it was really cool. Um, and I think that yeah, I think that this is a movie that if you show younger kids today, I, I don't think that they'd be bored, not younger kids, <laughs> but yeah. like younger people, adults that have never seen this movie, like there's a generation of, of adults now that has never seen Hollow Man. And so I think that if you showed them this movie, I think that they would probably probably enjoy it. But I hope that they don't look at it and compare it too much to The Invisible Man 2020. I think that you need to look at it as its own thing, own film, and realize the time that it's in. The time that it was in was in movies that had uh, those generic characters around them to just be able to be killed off. Like it, like those ensemble, like uh, not ensemble, but you know, like movies like that, like House on Haunted Hill or things like that. Movies like that would have a lot of people kind of be together, but you have more people so that they can be killed off um, and stuff like that. So I thought it was great yeah. for that. <clears throat> yeah, I also feel like you know, yeah, you're you're right. They nineties, you had characters just there to be killed off. You had that in this, but not. I feel like only one was just there to be killed off, and that was the girl. I think you said her name was Janice. Yeah. 
Because she was a throwaway character. Uh, but I felt everyone else, even though they didn't get a lot of screen time, you cared for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I did. I and, mean, I cared for the guy you said it was in Heroes. I had never yeah, seen that. So I, I liked him. Uh, I liked I liked the teacher from Boston Public. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you no. Know, but it was very was- product. 90s. I will say this too, uh, like, and uh, in this, in that aspect of it, underwater is a throwback to a film like this because the crew in underwater, you 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 uh, cared about all the crew in underwater. You know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. was really truly truly throwaway. Um, everybody had their own personalities, and you didn't want to see any of the characters die, uh, you know, at all. And um and so I felt like this like underwater in a sense it was a throwback to a film like this where you care about every character like you said the only character that was I hate to say it but Janice is the only character that wasn't really fleshed out well she wasn't fleshed out as be- as well as um everybody else so with uh uh, uh the guy from Heroes um Carter. He, yeah. you can tell that he's kind of like he he lives vicariously through uh, Sebastian. Oh yeah, you did that. Oh, how was it? Oh, you did that. That, that seems cool. Nice, you know. I would have done that too. You know, he's just having fun. You know, so he yeah. just lives vicariously through that guy. And so, um, and you see that uh, Frank was more about the numbers, more about the analytics. Uh, Kim, uh, Sarah was more about, she's a veterinarian, she's more about caring for the overall well-being of the animals. Um, so everybody had their own personalities, except for Janice. Yeah, they, yeah she really didn't. She really didn't have one. Uh, she was just kind of there. Uh, yeah, everyone else had a personality. They had goals. You know, they, you know, they knew what they were doing. Janice just didn't feel like she, she didn't, she stuck out. Like a sore thumb, almost <laughs> compared to the other characters. I mean, she just didn't fit. You know, I don't know if it was just the actress or what, but she—I don't think she did a bad job of what she was doing. But she just didn't stand out from the others in a good way, I guess. Yeah, and she was in a couple of other movies. Her, you know, she doesn't have. She's in phone booth as the as a dispatcher. She oh. she doesn't really. She wasn't really. She was in City of Angels, Law and Order. She's in an episode of Law and Order. Um, uh, you know, it's just that I don't. It don't look like she. Her last acting gig was like in two thousand three, and so uh, and that was in the in the division. But uh, I just felt like her character wasn't really. I don't know. They didn't, and and that might be part of the writing, man. Uh, they just didn't flesh hey, her out. Yeah, that's possible. You know, possible she but, had more scenes, and they cut, they edit and cut some of them out. But, but you know, uh, maybe they just needed that one person to be the first one to to die, and that's the one <laughs> that they used right there. Was that you know? And and I hate that because I, I love seeing. For me, I love seeing. African Americans uh, in film, especially horror, but unfortunately, they're not. We're not well represented, uh, and so in this movie, she wasn't really well represented. She just 
was a throwaway character. And 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 so in the movie, you're like you you like you forget that she's even there because you know they don't. So yeah. like her dialogue, she doesn't have a lot of dialogue. They they put her in that room with the one doctor. It felt like if to me it felt like they stuck her in the room where they're like I don't know where do we where do we put her? Oh, let's put her up here, you know. And that's what she does essentially. She essentially looks at the screen and tells him, "Well, this is what's going on." And so he communicates it to them on the floor. Hey, this is what's happening, you know. Yeah, in many ways, she's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, anyway, this this show was. Uh, it's, I thought the horror section. This first episode is a rough, rough, rough start uh, with the audio. But I think that uh, you know it came out. Brandon's going to get to choose the next thing we do on horror section. Um, it was my choice today, which was, as Brandy tells you, is a hard choice to make because I was weighing in. Horror is such a oh, vast yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, people. He was throwing in so many movies. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You got to pick one. Yeah. And I finally decided on Hollow Man. The reason why I decided on Hollow Man is because I was at the movie theater last Friday watching The Invisible Man. And, and watching The Invisible Man, something jumped out to me and said, we got we to gotta review Hollow Man. And so, Hollow Man, I think it still holds up. This isn't a, it doesn't hold up, but it does hold up. Um, and for anyone that's uh, wanting to ch- check this movie out, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's not on any. Uh, it's not on any of the uh, streaming platforms to, for free. Or part of the price of admission of the platform, but you can buy it on Prime. But I'm pretty sure you can go to any local, I don't know, not a lot of DVD, video, rental source, but you probably go to any uh, eBay, I guess, Amazon. I don't know if you could probably go to the stores and buy this anymore, Brandon. I don't know if they still make prints of this. I don't think so. I mean, I think your best bet is to get it on uh, either eBay or Amazon. Yeah. And, and you can, I, mean, and I believe it's a. We have the uh, DVD version, but I don't know if they even have it for Blu-ray or not. Uh, you know, it would be interesting, and I know we're in the show. We're going an hour, 20 minutes, 20 minutes in. But um, it would be interesting if they had a Blu-ray of this movie. And for the 20th anniversary, uh, maybe yeah. bring some of the cast back uh, to do commentary. I would love to. I would, I would buy it. I would love to hear Kevin talk about this movie and Elizabeth and, and and Josh, that's the only three that I really want to hear from, honestly. Um, other yeah. people would be kind of cool. Like a making of, it would be kind of cool to deal with these other people, but it would be good to hear from uh, the director, the writer, maybe, or uh, at least Elizabeth, Kevin, and Josh. What do you think? Yeah. I think it would be a great idea. Uh, you know, I just don't know how many, I mean, this film doesn't, you know, get talked about. It's just, it's, it's honestly forgotten. I think, uh, we're bringing it back, but it's forgot. I think you never hear about hollow man. You never hear about hollow man. Even when we're talking about invisible man, you never hear about, Oh yeah. 20 years ago, they did hollow man. You you just never hear about that. Uh, it's like, it's forgotten, which is sad. And you know know what? 
when I was on YouTube looking at this, uh, looking at uh, stuff on the invisible history of the Invisible Man and stuff, um, like uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody like I don't know who it was, but somebody kind of glossed over Old Man, but just kind of like crapped on it, like just like that god awful Hollow Man, you know, whatever. And I, and I don't understand why people would feel that way about this movie. This movie. And I don't understand, honestly, and this is my thoughts, my thoughts. I don't understand why it has such a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And across the board, I don't understand why it has such a low rating. For the time, as you remember, Brandon, when this movie came out, I thought it was pretty successful. I I enjoyed it. I loved, I enjoyed the film. I I think I seen it in theaters. And I think I did too. and I just really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was like at the time, I believe it was one of my favorite movies. I'm like, oh yeah, I love it. I, I love this movie, man. This movie's good, you know. Um, yeah, I hadn't uh, seen anything like it before. Uh, I thought it was fresh. Uh, obviously, I know, you know, I didn't know anything about the Invisible Man before. I didn't know. I knew about Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, Dracula, you know. The, the creature from Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. I really didn't pay much attention to the Invisible Man. <laughs> it's like he was like a forgotten Universal monster for me. You know, he was. So, he wasn't even in. Uh, he wasn't even in Monster Squad. If you think about it, they didn't yeah. bring the Invisible Man in Monster Squad. They brought uh, the creature, uh, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, Wolfman. Uh, they brought uh, Dracula's brides, but they didn't bring him up at all. He wasn't in it, even in it. You're right. He can't. Uh, I guess I'm right as well because he is kind of forgotten until now. <laughs> With 2020's Invisible Man, he was kind of for the forgotten, you know, monster. Uh, when you think of the Universal monsters, no one really used, you know, talked about the Invisible Man. So, you know, but, but they will now. The Hollow, yeah. Well, with Hollow Man, I felt like I feel that I don't know if there is a cult following somewhere for this. Uh, um, uh, maybe me and you are the only cult followers of this film, uh, but uh, I I dug it, and uh, I just want to let people know that if you listen to this at home or in your car or whatever or the treadmill, and you and you want to find something good to watch, man, it's not a problem to go to Prime maybe and, and rent it. You, you know, rent it maybe. I, I don't know if you can rent it or not, but just get on just. Okay. Watch this movie. I'm sure you could. I mean, you could pretty much rent just about every movie on Amazon Prime, yeah. which is a shame. They they should have it streaming for free as much as you pay for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that um, I, w- I would recommend anybody go out, well, not go out, but try to try to find this movie. A first-time viewer, go to watch this movie and enjoy the movie. Just as Brandon said, turn your brain off and just enjoy the movie uh, for what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's trying to be fun. That's it. It's not trying to be something serious like the Invisible Man twenty twenty is. I mean, it, it's it's just having fun, you know, with the Invisible Man character and. You know, it gets to play cat and mouse at the end. It's it's turn your brain off, enjoy the ride. Yes, you know? absolutely. 
All right. Well, this uh, that's going to conclude this episode of the horror section. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be right back here in a minute with a bonus review. We're going to be reviewing and spoiling the heck out of the Invisible Man 2020. Um, in the meantime, Brandon, send us off. Well, I'm. Well, this has been Aaron Whitlow, and I'm Brandon Spivey, and we.